Hello and welcome, my name is Leah Barber and you're listening to Next Gen Femme, a podcast dedicated to celebrating women's achievements, being a business, sports, STEM or the arts. We speak to women that persevered through ups and downs to pursue their passions. I look through the door and I see all the people coming in, some black belts coming in. It's like, oh my God, what I'm doing here? Mostly men. And I got terrified. I was about to back off. And then the teacher at the time, he saw me and he said, oh, hi, you want to join? I was like, well, I just want to look like, no, 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 you can't watch. You need to join. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> so uh, he said, there are some suits and belts like in the room over there. Just grab one, you know, just borrow, you know. In episode 18, we speak with Dr. Olga Lushevska. Olga has acquired quite the rap sheet in her life so far. She is a statistic data analyst, European Jiu-Jitsu gold medalist, World Masters Jiu-Jitsu silver medalist, and World Veterans Judo bronze medalist. And she knows seven languages so far. That's only naming a few things that she's accomplished. Olga talks to us about how she balanced traveling and education with her Jiu-Jitsu and Judo career, how the pandemic has forced her, like many people, to adapt her training resume without the option of a gym, and a whole lot more. This new episode of Next Gen Femme is full to the brim, with a few laughs along the way. We're excited for you to hear our 18th episode. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Next Gen Femme, or Next Generation Female, however you'd like to put it. Another episode this week, episode 18, can you believe it? I am joined by my faithful and reliable and always there, Dr. Fiona Malone. Hello, old friend. Haven't seen you in ages. Hello, old friend. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen too much of you during this, uh, during this self-isolation time. We are joined this week by Olga Lashevska, who is a statistical data analyst. She has won gold in the European Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Championships silver at the World Masters Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Championships and bronze in the World Judo Championships. Olga, hello. What a regard, Olga. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really delighted to be here. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. What a a rap sheet you've got there. And... (laughs) And wow. (laughs) So much. Amazing. So like I said, thank you so much for taking the time out and coming on, as I like to say, our humble little podcast, where we'd like to share or give a voice to females in different careers and journeys and different paths. So very excited to learn and hear about what your journey entails. I won't list it all out because there's a lot there, but there's an undergrad, two masters, a PhD, and then all of these medals and championships that you've won. So if you'd like wow. to take us on that journey and our listeners on that journey, our, our podcast is very, very free flowing. But actually, before we even start there, so please introduce yourself to our audience by telling us your name, your age, your occupation and an interesting or random fact either about yourself or just an interesting random fact that you know. Okay. First of all, thanks so much for asking me and inviting me to be part of this podcast. It's my pleasure. And uh, so my name is uh, Olga, uh, and um, I am originally from Crimea, which is, uh, well, what I consider part of Russia, but uh, it used to be part of Ukraine, so people say uh, it's a bit political, but let's leave it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, so about 15 years, so in Crimea, I did uh, did university up until uh, master, so I finished university and I have a degree in economics actually economics of enterprise. And then after that, I uh, moved to Holland. It was about 15 years ago uh, mm-hmm. when I got a scholarship to study at Wageningen University 
and I did a degree in environmental sciences. So yeah, it was it was amazing experience. It was first time I was um, out of well, one of the first times I was out of my country and. Uh, education was in English, which was uh, quite interesting because uh, you can imagine it's like Irish kids learn French at school and then they go study university in France, something like that. So we did, like I did 10 years of English, but then going to university, it was still just, you know, it was enough, but it was just kind of, you know, struggling with all the international students. But I did like it. I really liked it. So after that, I decided, look, I need to move on and to study more because this is what I enjoy my life, like even these days. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after that, I looked around and I um, applied for a PhD scholarship and I got one in uh, Belfast. So I went to study at uh, Queen's University Belfast. It was in 2007 where I stayed for four years and I finished my PhD in uh, quantitative ecology, uh, which was great fun as well. Belfast is an amazing city. And uh, after that, I moved back to Holland because it's kind of my stand, uh, like like a base, you know, mm-hmm. uh, became a base because I have many friends here in all this time, you know, some friends I consider my family. And uh, so every time I go back, I, be- I went back to Holland um, and uh, where I got a job as a postdoc in uh, statistical uh, ecology. Uh, and I stayed like for about four years, I did that uh, job. And uh, when it was over, I was looking around and uh, I kind of decided I don't want to move abroad anymore, like abroad, abroad, I meant. Mm-hmm. I kind of decided I'll settle because it was difficult. Every time you go, you bring 20 kilos with you and you leave your friends behind. Mm-hmm. You meet new friends, but you still, you, you, you do, you, you make new contacts, but you do lose some contacts as well you know like not everyone is good keeping uh, on the distance contact so I decided look I am getting tired of it I just might stay but after I finished uh, my postdoc and I I looked around for jobs for another co- no, another position and I, re- I remember like now because I found PhD or the PhD postdoc in Galway and uh, it was so uh, well fitted to my experience and then I looked at application deadline it was midday by Monday some Monday I don't remember it was like four years ago midday and it was already midday in Holland but because one hour difference there was still 11 o'clock in Ireland it's like oh I can make it <laughs> oh my god so that's how you came to Galway a one hour <laughs> I, can, oh I can make it <laughs> amazing and although I decided not to go abroad anymore like you know what I just give it a try I applied and because fit was so well and it was just like it was just so such a good, good match with my uh, experience I got it wow. so this is how I, I came back to Ireland I know I was in the you know I was in the Northern Ireland and now it's Republic but it's like like as such I'm back <laughs> and uh, so what then is your occupation now what do you tell people when people ask you what do you do well, at the, like right now, I'm based at uh, GMIT, which is Colway Main Institute of Technology, and I I started as a postdoc. So now I do 50% postdoc, 50% like a you know a researcher in data analytics. And um, so for, on my journey from economics to environmental sciences and more like statistics, I always yeah, like that's more. That's a broad range, isn't yeah. it, Leah? Like yeah. starting out in economics and then ending up as a um, you know, environmental science and then into data analytics, like that's quite a yeah. I think, I think it's, journey, really. Not, like the reason I got my PhD in first place back then in Belfast, uh, my supervisor told me is because I had such a multidisciplinary experience. I think uh, it helps you like 
it's good to have some specific knowledge or something, but then when you're kind of broadly minded, okay. like open, mm -hmm. sometimes it helps to, um, you know, to, to solve problems. Like and were there any kind of uh, defining factors that you found in each topic? Like, was it your uh, analytical side that was common in every topic? Was it your research side that you found was helpful in each? Perhaps a little bit of both, but I, I really always enjoyed like mathematics, statistics, more like quantitative, you know, like more like what I call scientific programming. I really enjoy like, you know, languages, human yeah. and computer languages. So whatever I do, I like to, you know, kind of dive into some programming and program some models or something, uh, yeah. which is, uh, I think it's cool. So it's so I've seen Alga and her programming and everything in action. It's incredible. Like, it's so cool. It sounds um, very complicated to me. But one, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> with, with your undergrad in economics and then the environmental sciences and stuff, what bridged that gap of going, as as we said, they're, they're very different and broad in, in terms of in comparison to each other. So what brought you into each of those, like going from your undergrad to your first master's and then to your second master's? But in a way, like master, like I, I did master in environmental sciences, but I took a, like in Holland, you can um, fill up your like curriculum as much as you like so you can take extra subjects mm -hmm. so I did uh, many subjects from economics department of economics like uh, like uh, econometrics and statistics all of those like and I even wrote like my uh, thesis like a minor thesis on um, like economic valuation of uh, like wetlands so it was combination of the two subjects so from one side was economics and uh, some you know statistics and other side it was more environment so you 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 do you can combine uh, to disciplines like there is a gap but scientists are working on bridging this gap so this mm -hmm. is what kind of i uh, but 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 what what happened to me i think uh, this is what i like but i realized soon enough that it's um, quite difficult to uh, to be kind of you know that's specifics like scientist and uh, in terms of you know finding a job or finding a project because uh, when it doesn't go well uh, you know environment or envir environmental problems you don't get enough funding you know mm -hmm. so and i uh, realized soon that like what is needed like so that like there is a gap like people don't like for example people don't um, don't do enough statistics or they don't they have data but they don't do enough with it so there is such a great potential so i kind of focused myself on that area because first of all i like it second i i saw that i could be a competitive advantage on a you know job market in a way if you can do something like that so yeah, like a uh, practical example. So how myself and Alga cross paths is that in when you're doing, especially biomedical research, um, you can have all this data and you're looking at it as an engineer. But for it to be applied, like Kleena was speaking in the last episode about reaching the masses, you need to have proper statistical and data analysis put on it. And that's probably not what, as an engineer, I would have learned to do. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And and the amazing abilities of Olga that can transform that data into much more applicable uh, information to the masses, whether it be in an industry or the public, anything like that. And that's where kind of Olga steps in, if that makes sense for the researchers, which is I totally understand now why you having such a broad understanding of things difficult things like economics and environmental science and how important that is for someone in your job to be able to apply your uh, statistical knowledge, but to 
so many different things. Like Olga could be working on my medical research on stroke analysis, or she could be looking at industry um, products that are failing or things like that. Am I right in saying yeah, that? That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> 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 projects. <You're> right. Since <laughs> other time I'm looking at fish and some jellyfish analysis. <laughs> People say, so she uses the same techniques and ideas mm-hmm. of statistical analysis, but applies it to different things. So um, produce different results, mm-hmm. which I think is just mind blowing. Yeah, that is that's incredible. So where where did jujitsu and judo come into <laughs> to the story? <laughs> oh, that whole thing. Yeah, that little that little, little um, thing. Yeah, so I I, I, I I always liked sports, but I didn't start uh, like martial arts until uh, fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I was uh, you know I was uh, I was doing the hip hop. I was dancing. I was going on competition competitions, right? Yeah. <laughs> but what happened with jujitsu is I was um, I just started as a master student uh, in Holland, mm-hmm. and uh, like usually if I go through the like sport program uh, like at university, I just want to try everything, you know. And so I remember mm-hmm. one uh, one evening I had uh, I was free because I think it was a self study week for exams or something. So I had unusual. Oh, it doesn't need to study. Yeah, yeah. No, if I have to study, I support even more because it helps to clear your mind. You know, it helps me. I always exercise a lot more. Anyway, so I had evening free, and I said, like, oh, shall I try something different? Why not? Because I'm free now. So I looked through the like program, and I saw some jujitsu. I was like, it's jujitsu. What's that? I had no clue what it was. I decided, look, I just go and see, and I, I just give it a try. You know. So I came there, and it was like a university club, uh, like with the students and some teachers, like. A mix different ages so i came there i looked through the door and i see all the people coming in some black belts coming in it's like oh my god what i'm doing here mostly men and so, so I, I got terrified i was about to back off and then a teacher at the time he saw me and he said oh hi you want to join i said like well i just want to look like said, no no no, you can't watch you need to join it's like, okay fine <laughs> so uh, he said there are some suits and belts like in the room over there just grab one you know just to borrow you know i was like okay cool so I put them quickly and I came back and we started r- running around, warming up. And then, uh, like, I had no clue because at first class I had never done anything like that. And he asked me, he stopped me, he said, uh, so look, Olga, uh, what belt are you? Because you have belts in the martial arts. I said, I don't know. I looked down and I had some green belt hanging. It's like, I don't know. It's like, why are you wearing green belts? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, uh, like, excited oh. and at the same time kind of terrified that yeah. I, I just had no clue what I was doing there. <laughs> I was like, go and change it. Put white belts. Okay, fine. So I changed the belt and I trained. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Like, just, uh, just you know, like, yeah. Anyways, after that, I came back again and, I, and it was once a week. And he said, look, we have, uh, it was jujitsu. He said, look, we have judo on different night. It's almost the same, kind of the same. It's like, come, you will enjoy it. Like, like cool. I started judo at the same time. It was still not enough. And then I was looking around in the city, like little town where I was based uh, to, to see some other clubs outside. And after first year, I was already training like four times a week. All those people is such amazing community. And I like th- this example, kind of, I always tell my uh, my, 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 well, my jiu-jitsu students or anybody who wants to try is they say, oh, I don't like it or I don't, uh, uh, it's uh, violent or I don't know. But you see, like it was for me, it was just a small, how do you call it? Like maybe just happened by chance. Mm-hmm. Maybe even you can say that and it totally changed my life. Right like, place, right just, time. <laughs> yeah, it's a small decision which can change, may have a dramatic effect on your life. Mm-hmm. So I always tell everyone, you know, look, just come. 
have a look, try it yourself. If you don't like it, uh, maybe you don't like it. But don't say to me now that you don't like it because we don't know what it is. And yeah, I, exactly. I, would, I, would, I would say the same. I would say, oh, you're crazy fighting. I would never fight like. Mm-hmm. After that, I never stop. Like, yeah. <laughs> and from what I've learned, you got a black belt in five years. Is that correct? yeah i got i have actually two black belts okay uh from what i read it, it kind of sounded like five years was a short time in 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 retrospect yeah. to get it so is that is five years a short time in the jiu-jitsu world slash judo world to get a, a black belt that quickly or within yeah that so time? so i got black belt in judo uh, in five years mm-hmm. so it was 10 years ago and in jiu-jitsu i got black belts uh, in 10 years so it took twice as long okay i think it's, I, uh, like for judo five years it's uh, not long but it's a different standard as a black belt is you're just starting you know like it's level where you progress from Mm-hmm. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, you put more uh, training, more time. And when you get black belts, there are not so many black belts. Like like for, for your comparison, maybe for like if you talk females uh, in Ireland, I think maybe there are like, well, I, I can't say now how many. When I came, I was the only one. Oh. It was four years ago. I was the only black belt. After that, uh, Irish girl, Ashley Daly, she got black belts. So two. And I think oh, that's that- Ash Daly. Yeah, she's. Yeah. And I know her. I know her from ten years ago uh, as well. So, wow. so she got black belt, but they didn't count me as the first black belt because I am not Irish, obviously. So mm-hmm. she's the first Irish black belt. And after her, I think there are a couple of girls from England over now. Film Davis, she's black belt as well. But so maybe there are four females now. I, I, I don't know. But just to give you an impression, and in Judah there are like you know many, many, many women because it's a longer like tradition. You know, mm. more kids start judo and uh, because it's older. Jiu-jitsu is very new. You know? Yeah, I feel like when I was growing up, there was karate classes and judo classes. And yeah. that was my local yeah. village or parish or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Whereas jiu-jitsu, I feel like I'm only learning that term in the last yeah. years as a result of, you know, the growth and of MMA and the explosion of Conor McGregor in Ireland. And yeah, yeah. Like now it's getting big, really big. Like you have so many yeah. clubs and it's exploding. Like for comparison, when I started and I was training in Ireland, maybe like not 15 years ago, but maybe like 12, 13 years ago, and I would go to competitions, I was still competing with men, with guys against guys because there were oh. no girls to compete against. You fought guys? I fought guys, yes, you, uh, for the first, like, maybe four years. Win? I fought guys, yeah. Did you oh. win? Did you win some matches? <laughs> I remember I went as a white belt after <laughs> a couple of years of training, right? I never graded, so I went on a competition. It was, um, uh, my first ever competition was in, uh, in Jiu-Jitsu, was in Shannon. Uh-huh. Oh, Shannon, close to us, close yeah. to Limerick. Limerick? Shannon yeah. Limerick? Yes, yes, yes. So I went there, but we traveled from Belfast, right? So I went there. Uh, as a white belt, I beat up all men, and I uh, beat up all. There was, I think, one girl and one more girl, so I fought her twice, and I beat her up as well. <laughs> and then just medals, and my teammates said, "Olga, it's too easy for you. You're not a white belt." <laughs> oh, so they regraded you there, and then essentially, yeah, so, soon after they graded me. But then I was still coming back and fighting men, and you know, fighting men is not um, how to say it's not fun because uh, they don't they don't like it because. If they win, they say you only win to a girl. If they lose, then you they lose to a girl. You yeah. know, like for me, it's win-win situation. For them, it's not. It's not. Yeah. They're, it's not. They're not just looking at the skill aspect of it. Like they were overskilled by some, another some, person. Some, some guys do, but it's uh, unfortunately like low, like low grades. It was back then. Like yeah. they have a big ego, you know. So mm-hmm. they don't see 
like it's changing now, especially with my training partners. They, they see me just as a training partner. They don't mm -hmm. see me as a female. Like they go hard, full on. And uh, if you struggle, it's your problem because we are just training partners. It's just yeah. a sport, you know? That's they don't good. see, like this, they do with respect, but they don't take, like if someone is smaller, if a guy is smaller, you know, I'm taking it easy as well because, you know, it's just, it's personal. You don't see it man and woman, you know? Mm -hmm. in sports yeah. like that. Like, I think it's good because we are kind of getting equal. Yeah, it's good to see that progress. And it's probably progress in, there's still a long way to go, but there is that progress within all kind of sports now, oh, which yeah. is good to but, see. But it's obviously from the sense of things, quite an achievement to get a black belt in jujitsu from this, the number I'm, of people I'm, that have it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what was that moment like getting, because is, is there a presentation? Is it just you're told one day you're, you're a black belt now? Or how, was, how does that work? Well, I I kind of knew it was happening because uh, after I had a few competitions, um, I was competing as a you know as a colored belt, like as a brown belt, and I was winning already against uh, you know higher grades. You kind of expect it might happen. Mm -hmm. And what well, happened? did they just ring you up and say you're going to get the no, black belt? No, or? no, it's 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 it's, it's different in different places. But uh, usually, like in jujitsu, we don't really. Like generally speaking, we don't really have like a syllabus. You need to, you need to, like you need, to, you don't need to show like a list of techniques and like and they will check it on you and say, oh, you can do this, you can do this. Mm. Teacher who knows you best, uh, he will know or he or she will know what level you are, mm -hmm. if it makes sense. And also, okay. if you compete, uh, it gives an like, extra indication of like your competition. Um, like I know it kind of sounds subjective, but myself as a teacher now. Like I have a good uh, idea of like, for example, someone who started uh, and they keep on training consistently, uh, like at the moment when they are ready for the next level, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, more like the overall learning as opposed to, like you said, kind of checking boxes. Yeah, and... yeah. Like in judo, we more like check boxes. And I think judo black belt is by no means is the same as jiu-jitsu black belt, just because it also takes twice as long, you know? Mm -hmm. But then you have grades, like you keep on learning, of course. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, and, and 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 yeah so for me it was like i kind of expected uh, or i was hoping it would happen soon so yeah so it was not like really a surprise anymore because i felt on, the, on that level already so i was competing on uh, big events and i was I, I i remember the brown belt i went to compete in rome uh, and i won a whole competition as well and open weight and i i kind of you know i felt you know good was it yeah. even though you kind of said you you were at a point where you were like expecting it were you still was it still a special moment for you to get the black oh, belt oh it was an amazing moment uh, myself and my coach we cried <laughs> we did cry yes we did and how long the uh, coach that you mentioned how long has that coach been your coach oh he's still my coach uh, so um like uh, as i started you know i moved between places countries uh, so i started with a different coach here like you know in, in, at university it was a it was a different coach but then uh, when i moved back from belfast to holland i went to train in uh, in amsterdam and there was a brazilian um, guy and he's amazing mm -hmm. like in terms of skills and in terms of uh, like you know when you go there you feel like you are at home like it's a family you know and i really like first of all you, you're like in the, it's, you're learning from source you know because at that stage like because uh jujitsu was still developing in europe mm -hmm. there were many people just learning from books and teaching whereas he came directly from uh, his teacher who was really like uh, you know whole generation of teaching and uh, learning and it was like amazing so i knew he was really the best like knowledgeable person plus 
uh, he's like now my friend. And so when I went there, like, for example, you come there and he asks, oh, are you hungry? Oh, can I make a coffee? And he will treat like that everyone. When I finish training, he tells me because I was traveling, like I had to travel by train. He says, oh, just leave your uh, kimono, like, you know, the, the suit we wear. Mm-hmm. Because I will wash it for you. you know? So he's still my coach. So I joined in, uh, like, I don't know how long time ago. Like I was a um, purple belt. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, I got like belt from him. And uh, like, I'm just because we are friends and also because just being loyal mm-hmm. I, I will not change my uh, teacher you know like and he's my teacher and i might be going everywhere learning from other people it's different but, but it's my still yeah yeah because I, was, I was gonna ask but all of the traveling you've done and i know you you started 15 years ago but you've all you were also traveling or for your education i mean how did you balance that at, and swapping gyms. I get really like annoyed when I have to swap a gym or change my timetable if I want to go for a swim at a different time. Like, yeah, you see, like, first of all, traveling, uh, traveling is amazing because, uh, like, for example, if I go on a conference, I go on the conference and the first thing I want to change, check if there is a local gym I can go to. Okay. So everywhere. So I went 10 years ago, uh, I think it was uh, some conference in Canada, like 10 years ago. In Ottawa, I changed. Oh, I can train jujitsu there. So I went to the conference in the evening. People go do social icebreakers. I'm uh, I'm gone. I'm training. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and I I've been doing it. It's it's amazing. So I like another conference was in uh, like France a couple of times. I used to find the local gyms and go and train there. So I would go everywhere. And this is how you meet people. Like I still have friends from Canada from ten years ago. We only met once after that, and we still chat to each other. Oh. That's lovely. Um, Canadians are some of the nicest people, though. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> so, some of so the nicest people ever. Yeah. So, so my my uh, like depends. Like I enjoy it. Like I, I, you know, I think for me it's probably like combination of occupying my mind, like my head during the day, and uh, my body at night. This mm-hmm. is the best combination, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm. for those of us that, including me, don't know a huge amount of about jiu-jitsu and judo. What are the kind of significant differences between the two disciplines? Okay, so uh, it's kind of my my personal opinion from practicing two of them. Mm-hmm. In often question, people ask this question. They ask second question is uh, which one I prefer. Okay. <laughs> so I, I first of all, like I start with that one. I uh, they developed from one another. So in a way, like they, like I would say maybe. Uh, in judo, you do 80% of the time you're standing up and you're trying to take someone down, like mm-hmm. doing some technique. In jiu-jitsu, it's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu we're talking about, uh, it's uh, the opposite. So you are 80% of the time on the ground and you might be 20% of the time standing up. So, mm-hmm. um, But techniques are the same. Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, kind of developed all from judo. Mm-hmm. And Japanese judo got developed from Japanese jiu-jitsu, so techniques were kind of uh, passed through, and they were developed. And of course, now after like ju- Brazilian jiu-jitsu is like more than hundred years when it started, so it's uh, kind of has own techniques uh, like which judo, you know, people wouldn't practice or they don't know them because they're so special specialized. You can imagine. So there are different ways of doing the same thing in jiu-jitsu, which in judo would be just one way. So, like, techniques are the same. It's just a variety of ways are different. Plus, I suppose, different rules. Uh, it's funny enough, but rules, they define behavior. So, for example, in judo, if you are on the ground in competition, you only get maybe, like, I don't know, 20 seconds? Or maybe as long as you are actively, actively, I mean, just exploding, you are attacking uh, or you're doing something, 
referable weight. And then if you are just stopped for a second, it's finished. You have to stand up and start fighting again. Mm-hmm. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, it's opposite. So uh, from based on that, people have different strategies. Like in judo, some people don't want to kind of like spend too much energy. They're just defensive, you know, they protect themselves and wait until it's over. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, when people get down, it's just when it starts and it's fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, but different, different rules, different... Um, <laughs> same, same, but different. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you talk to us then, how do you get into the competitive side of it all and obviously to the level you are at, you know, with all your accolades and your mantelpiece must be falling down and you're, you know, <laughs> must be so much. But how do, how does one get into that side of it all? You, you mean like how to start competing or how yeah. do you... Um, and obviously, how do you compete and then how do you progress to the level that you're at? Well, like when I started competing, it was... I had no clue, like, you know, uh, a friend of mine said to me, oh, Olga, there is a, some competition like that in Channel. Let's go. I was like, oh, why not? Let's go. I had I had no expectations. You just go, you have fun. Like, you have to have fun, uh, you know, doing something. It's a first step. When you enjoy it, it's uh, all comes natural. So at that stage, I was just enjoying when uh, um, Jiu-Jitsu kind of, well, also, like, I'm talking more about Jiu-Jitsu now, but when it started to kind of develop a bit more, and I was going to uh, international events, I, I, I understood that it was like more pressure. And at some stage, it was so much pressure that I almost stopped to enjoy it. So I came back after some competition and I told myself, look, if I don't enjoy it, I, I stopped doing it because uh, I still like training, but like no point, you know, you come back home, you're drained, mentally drained, mm-hmm. you know. So, and I don't know, somehow I, I managed to, like it was at some maybe like colored belts. Somehow when I got my black belt, I felt so much more like also not just physically, because phys- physical side is easy. You know, you just train and you are ready. Mm-hmm. Like mental is hard. So it is all about mental, you know. So at that stage, maybe I just grew up or something. I don't know. Or I started doing some kind of like meditation or thinking like, uh, how do you focus? Like when you're there and pressure is, you know, really big, like, you know, big pressure. Imagine you're going, you're fighting someone. They tell you, oh, this person, like uh, he or she is the best in the world and never lost to anybody. Like, how do you deal with the pressure, you know? So when you're there, just, and you know, okay, so this is me here. I only have like maybe five or 10 minutes. I have to give it all. This is focus. And then you try to set yourself in such a way that you forget anything else in your head. Uh, so if you manage to do that, like it will be huge uh, advantage i think that's a huge part of what set athletes like yourself apart is that mental capacity you could have all of the skill all of the strength the power but if you can't focus that ability in the best way that you can it kind of just falls by the wayside so mental stability or mental focus when it comes to sports like yours and just kind of I think any kind of sports in general is a huge part of it well how long would a jiu-jitsu slash judo I know we're kind of cross over the two how long would a match last or a game or would you call it a match it is a match yeah um it depends yeah (laughs) depends in judo is uh, I, I, I forgot, I can't tell you anymore because it's different for different uh, age okay. groups and different, but in jiu-jitsu it can be minimum five minutes and maximum ten minutes. Like that's the, a short amount of time for the amount of training, you know, that I know that oh, you yeah. do. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's 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 uh, like, yeah, so in jiu-jitsu, in, in ju- it's less, I think in jiu-jitsu three minutes, but you after three minutes you are feeling sick mm-hmm. physically. 
um, from so much tension and uh, everything. So it sounds like very short, but it's it just kills you. You know, it's an intense three or five minutes. Yeah, it is. And I assume is. I assume it can be shorter depending on is it you can pin someone or knock them oh, out oh, yes. of the you, ring. If there's a you, ring, have you seen some of August videos? They don't even last three minutes. Girl. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> Yeah, so this is good. If you can finish your fight or match faster, then you are less tired, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, so... And your technique? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, no, that's true. So, you, if you... If, if match can be, like, uh, like 10 seconds. Doesn't matter. You just... Uh, you are there, you greet person, and it can be over next second <laughs> if you are very good. Blink. And you've lost. So, for, for the listeners and for myself, and I'm sure for you as well, can you tell us the different grades or the colors? Like white is obviously where you start, mm-hmm. and I see maybe something. There's something higher than black, but black. Yeah, is black where you end, but you continue to learn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what in between white and black, and if there's something that uh, yeah, uh, I feel like Lee is getting ready for a table quiz here. <laughs> what grade is no? Um, uh, what are so- the co- so talks to the colors? Yeah, uh, no, let, let's focus then on jiu-jitsu because judo is kind of people know usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in jiu-jitsu, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you start with white belt. So mm-hmm. it would be anybody. It would be you coming to me training like tomorrow and you'll be white belt. Yeah. Yes, I'll, I'm going to train. <laughs> yeah. You are coming. Uh, yes, yeah. I know, I know, girl, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's official. <laughs> it's official. I have said it to the world, i.e. the hundred people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> I am coming to give it a try. And we can do like a little... Leah, we could do an episode there. <laughs> a, video, a videoed episode of just us being like... Yeah. Well, we're of doing getting our ass kicked. Yeah, us <laughs> just getting our ass handed to us. Yeah, so so you start as a white belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, you it's for adults. Kids have more belts just to motivate them more. But uh, after white belt, you have blue belt. Uh, after blue belt, you have purple belt, which is I think is the nicest belt because it's beautiful. It's just purple, you know. <laughs> purple's nice. <laughs> it's like you get to purple, you're like, no, I'm happy here. I just want to keep it. Yeah, purple. Um, uh, like uh, blue is kind of a, a blue belts things that they're cool, but they're kind of just uh, beginners, which are uh-huh. a bit more advanced. And then purple is kind of intermediate. It's kind of middle, halfway. Brown comes after purple. Uh-huh. So it's kind of getting uh, nearly black, so it's kind of getting serious, and black is uh, really cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so because there are relatively few belts, uh, I think, uh, well, there are, there are no rules. Like, I know some guys from Brazil who got their black belts, like, in six years, but then they might be, like, doing just that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... Or or maybe they're super talented, or maybe they I don't know. It's it's, it's like anything. Like I obviously it's amazing um, to have a black belt, but you had so much going on as well at the same time. Like absolutely, yeah. Life is very you know traveling everything else. Like if if this was the jujitsu trainer and this is all he was doing, then of course or yeah. she, of yeah, course they'll hit their black belt sooner. Like, like like I don't I don't feel that I could train more. To be Girl, I know you train all the time yeah, because I train every day. Some days I train twice a day. Like I go at lunchtime and I go in the evening, or I'm teaching and I'm training. Uh, so I don't feel like I could train more, but I could definitely rest more. So instead of going <laughs> back to office and sitting in my chair and programming all afternoon, I would probably might go, you know, take care of my nutrition or sleep or something. If I was, but but then in that case, my head would um, explode uh, and get unhappy, you know, mm-hmm. because. 
I, yeah. I really I really like people ask me often if I wanted to be like a professional uh, like athlete I I say no I I probably don't because I, I would be missing so much on other side you know like I like this intellectual side and I'm not saying that you know fighters are not intellectual because some of them are really no. are but it's just I like to learn so much like to, you just you, you like know, that mentally you like that balance like yeah, to balance. develop. I'm doing like so many courses, like all kinds of programming courses and languages. It's just so much fun, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's on the, on top of it. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. yeah, like I said, I think it's you, you, you thrive on that balance of when you go to do your jujitsu or judo training. That's what you're doing at that time. Then yeah. when you go to do your statistical stuff and your coding stuff like that's what your your brain is concentrating on. So absolutely. by going one to the other, you're taking a break from each. So it's probably even exactly yeah yeah, so for some people that's that's what works for them and some people want to concentrate on one thing or the other um so it's i guess it's whatever works for the individual um but you mentioned there that you do some teaching so you're now also as well as competing and training for yourself you're also teaching jiu-jitsu yeah. and uh, judo and you also have uh, women's self-defense classes so uh, talk to us about those yeah that's it so when i came to Galway like four years ago i kind of you know i went to train in the gym and um, I, I i kind of always liked teaching like the first place i wanted to teach at university like uh, you know some academic courses but every time i moved around there was no uh, possibilities or there were no courses i like to teach and i kind of i i kept that desire within me but then i found different way of doing it so i said you know what i'll just teach sports you know or self-defense it's in a sense it's the same you know anyway so i went to gym and uh, when i came there there was no other females and there was not even a changing room for females because there were no females very much <laughs> So after uh, after a couple months, uh, I was training there, and I was the highest belt at the time. But there is another, there are other couple. And you didn't even have a changing room. I was changing an office. Oh, <laughs> so uh, I said, "Look, I think this gym is gender imbalanced. <laughs> How about what? I start uh, what? teaching?" What? Get that away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I said, how about I start teaching girls' classes? And uh, they said, oh, wow, yes, why not? Cool. I was like, okay, cool. Just because I, I was like, why, why not? It's amazing because I used to teach like in the past quite quite, quite a bit, but it was more like sporadic, you know, sometimes, um, you know, doing class here or class there, but it was kind of commitment. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. So it was four years ago and uh, uh, we started from scratch. Uh, it was quite difficult because you, you know, just you need to get people training with you. Yeah, interesting. Like stuff, you need yeah. to convince like yourselves that you want to come and choke each other and you want to be sweaty and you want to have fun with it. Like it's very hard for people who don't know. Anyway, mm. so we got like self-defense uh, group. I was uh, like, I started like I was teaching like free classes. Um, you know, I'm still teaching it voluntarily because I kind of believe like I, I, I kind of feel good, you know, in a way that I make my contribution, you know, to the community. Mm-hmm. So like students, they pay to academy because they need to pay kind of rent and costs and stuff. But coaches are not paid, still not paid. So which is like, I, like, I really like uh, kind of this idea. Anyway, so I started and then a few girls uh, after initial group, they stayed and then a few more came and a few more came. Of course, some come and go because if it was for everyone, everyone would be black belt now, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. but as I started like four years ago, I still have a few people from four years ago and they're really getting into it. They're bringing their husbands, their boyfriends, their kids. They're getting like whole family in it. And I'm so delighted to see like what an impact it has on their lives, you know? Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, and uh, I think now I I can't I can't uh, say exactly, but I would say maybe about twenty women uh, training. Uh, That's on, fantastic. Uh, like uh, constantly, mm-hmm. like not at the same time because they always have something ongoing, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like between ten and fifteen each class, and maybe twenty total, uh, like which are active. Uh, I think it's a good 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 result after like starting from zero. Very. That's very good. Yeah. That's very good and well done. Especially yeah. for like, as I said, volunteering your time. Did the gym get a girls' changing room? Or <laughs> ladies? Yes. Yes. We got. Uh, as soon as we started, we got a changing room. And it is a. It is Great. a small smallest room uh, like the smaller, oh, I mean of course of course smaller room so girls always say now oh we need to get room from boys but I said look but we need first to make double numbers and we can take a room from boys <laughs> and, and the boys say oh we are gender equal gym now all guys like yes we are and guess what we had to drill uh, like walls to put some mirrors and uh, hooks and whatever uh-huh. and they asked guys to help us and one of them said Olga we are gender equal gym so go and drill yourself <laughs> Yes, some white girls, they drilled, uh, like, with three of them, because walls quite hard to, some of them, I think, are quite hard to to drill, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there were, like, two of them pushing it, and they drilled (laughs) for us, and then they went, and they put hooks for the boys' changing room as well. Well, So you're going to be having uh, gender balance matches now, so if (laughs) any of those girls that drilled in that wall take on that guy, the total (laughs) to drill into the wall... I will pay money to see that. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, Olga, your family, we haven't kind of spoken about your family. I'd love to know in terms of all the kind of degrees that you've gone through now and doing the jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. Have they come to competitions? Do they support your jiu-jitsu journey or your educational journey? Where do they stand on this? Well, so, so my, my family is uh, still in uh, Crimea. Mm-hmm. So they didn't get to uh, go to any competitions because I never competed over there. Mm-hmm. I'm always abroad for them, so they could never uh, attend it. But uh, I can tell you, like when I started, um, my mom, she was quite like, oh, oh my God, this is not for girls. <laughs> oh, you're hitting each other. Oh, no, you have to have kids some days. Oh, you can't have it. So she was all a bit worried. Mm-hmm. But, uh, she's still an Irish mommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but kind of soon enough, she uh, she kind of calmed down and she started to be more kind of proud. So I was sending pictures now and then, and they started like printing them, putting them on the wall somewhere. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, so I, I I know that they are very uh, like she accepted it, but also she. My dad is definitely like he's very super proud, but like she accepted it and she's really seeing like benefits. So mm-hmm. when I'm like now, when I'm like visiting, going home, I mean, home, home, like once a year or maybe sometimes twice a year for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. For the past few years, I've been always training there every day. And my mom is so used to that. So I'm going in the morning, I do my training with local guys. I come back, she's already cooking for us Aww. and she's delighted. So they're Aww. used to this. Like and she's also kind of washing my you know sport gear. That's her way to support, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Like, they don't know what to say; they just do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, sport-wise and uh, like uh, education-wise. Um, I, I'm, I, I suppose I'm lucky because I grew up and my parents were always uh, very supportive. Mm-hmm. Like in a way that they knew how important it is uh, for anybody to get like a high education. Or like my dad, he used to say, especially for a woman, because he said, oh, you have to be independent. You are a woman because, you know, kind of like a male dominated work. So you have to start, you have to get your own like, you know, job, your own salary. And they were kind of really encouraging me to uh, uh, 
to study. And mm-hmm. I had always a good example because my, my dad, he did his PhD when I was, I don't know how old I was, but I remember my mom, she was typing on uh, this, you know, old fashioned machine for mm-hmm. him. He was telling and she was typing. Wow. And uh, so I, I love had those it. stories. I love those stories of hearing how people got their PhDs done with young yeah. Your yeah. partners. Yeah. So, so I, I, for me and my mom, she was studying when I was already kind of, you know, I don't know my age, but I can remember it. So I uh, like, so I always had a good example of like my parents, you know, going through uh, those kind of learning processes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, in that respect, it was all very natural, you know. So I suppose mm-hmm. I'm just lucky because I mean, there are families where parents don't give the same or can't give the same support, maybe mm-hmm. as they wish. Like I said, your mom kind of started off going, oh, I don't know, it's very physical and you could get hurt. But she probably saw how much you loved doing it and kind of absolutely put yeah. her kind of concerns aside and saw that you were happy and that you uh, you enjoyed it. And she kind of not flipped a switch, but like turned to the point of what can I do to kind of help or show that I support you? And that absolutely, was yeah. cooking your, your breakfast or your food when yeah. you came back from training and clean, yeah. helping clean your gear yeah. and stuff like that. So that's really yeah. cool. And like I said, not everyone, unfortunately, probably gets that support from their parents, but it is, it's lovely and it makes a difference um, when you do get that support and care and stuff from your parents in those absolutely, situations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's cool to hear that like your parents, like your dad got a PhD and stuff like that and stuff. So it's uh it's cool to hear their a little bit of their educational journey then as well. So on the on the kind of grand scheme things like you've like you've achieved so much over the years. What kind of motivates you or, or gets you to like just keep going and keep doing like the different <laughs> degrees and training and getting up and doing the training and all the training that you taking do taking on and, courses and just and yeah like taking on the courses uh, at the same time and then doing the, the classes of volunteering and volunteering and exactly like wow. what, oh, what I like doing. I can b- barely just motivate myself at the moment to, <laughs> to get up and do work while all of this is going on so I'd love to hear what what makes your brain tick uh, to be honest I don't know I think it's just uh, like I have kind of inner engine within me you know you kind of keeps running <laughs> but uh, <laughs> But in a way, I think what makes me, gives me more energy or desire to do something when I'm, for example, if I'm, you know, super tired, I'm at work, I go uh, to, to, to teach a class and they recharge me. I get energy back from people. You understand? Okay. So you're kind of generated by uh, giving it and you get back even more, if mm-hmm. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that respect, like if I was sitting at home and uh, I wouldn't be interacting with anybody, I wouldn't be having any energy. Like I, I like when I'm tired and I go and I train, I get more refreshed after that and the same like with um, like with um, you know learning you know courses like these days i'm enjoying so much because uh, everything is online i can go to conferences and i'm doing talks every day like you know and it's amazing because then just by by engaging with people i think engage engagement is very important mm-hmm. like what works for me is at least like by engaging with people um, you know you are getting so much back so much more out of it I suppose for me, what is very important is that every time I do something, I can learn something. Like I would, I would say this is kind of most important for me. So if I was at a job when I'm just doing something like mechanically, I wouldn't survive. Like I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would quit straight away because it's just uh, one day without learning something new is just a waste. Like for my understanding. So in that in that way, I think I, I I'm I'm lucky. I, I kind of see it that way, but also I suffer from it, you know, because sometimes I I want so much mm-hmm. and. You can do so much, you know, and then you you are kind of you put yourself under pressure, and I think sometimes pressure is just too much for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like 
So sometimes I say, oh, today I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do. And like some people tell me, oh, you don't have to do anything of that. It's like, well, I have to for myself, like from inside. And this, this drive is much stronger and I feel pressure much more than if anybody else tells me that I have. It's the expectation you've put on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of... <laughs> Like we're kind of They're all show, by, by the way, to the listeners, exactly. they both showed up these post-it notes of lists of things that uh, that uh, they have to yeah. do for the day. And you kind of go through it. Like, for example, my I think we didn't talk about it yet, but my other big hobby, except for fighting in sports, is uh, languages. Like, I... You have another like hobby? Now, <laughs> how many do you, how do you speak? Do you speak? Uh, it was a quiz question. How many languages Olga speaks? <laughs> no way. Wait, how many do you speak? I speak now, I can say seven and, uh, well, eight, num- number eight, I'm kind of basic still, so I don't count it. I just, I can barely speak English at the best of times. No, 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 don't be. <laughs> Is this okay, something like so, what Andrea can do with the gibberish? So, okay. I know, so, yeah. What? Seven slash eight languages. What list, list them, what they are English anyway. And, and yeah, uh, so I start, I start kind of in a, because sometimes I get getting confused and I don't remember anymore, which, which, but anyway, so. Uh, Russian, my native, mm-hmm. Ukrainian, mm-hmm. I speak as well. I consider native, but yeah. Uh, then English, then I speak Dutch. I speak, after Dutch, I did uh, Portuguese, uh, German. How many are now? And Spanish, is it seven? Yeah. Seven. And and I'm doing Arabic at the moment. Uh, <laughs> is, but I can only be basic with Arabic, so I don't count it yet. I mean, it's so hard, like this language, obviously we're speaking English now, but this is your fourth language. Yes. It's not your native language. Like we need, to, I need to just pause and kind of register Reflect that. Reflect that I don't know any languages. And did you write your PhD in English? Or in did English, you? yeah, in English. Wow. Oh my God, wow. I'm in even more awe of you. That's fantastic. Oh no. <laughs> but, so, but you see, I'm so, I'm so greedy. Like I have a, now I have a plan. I want to, I, I'm still polishing German. I was like, I want to get rid of it. Like in a way, stop doing it. And I want to start French because to my, uh, like, you know, uh, I'm embarrassed to tell you that I don't speak French. Like, it's my my, my vision of it. <laughs> I need to do French as well. I, you do not need to be embarrassed that you don't speak French. <laughs> not with us. God damn it, Olga. How come you don't speak French? Like, Jesus. You see, shame on me. Shame on you. I mean, shame on you. get your shit together. <laughs> but um, you, you know why? I, I don't know why I like it. I always liked it. And I kind of considered even doing some linguistics back then. But then I decided, you know, it's just a tool. I just want to use it. So, so some languages I learned even without classes, like uh, but with uh, like exchanging with uh, other people, you know. So it works as well. And uh, but I d- I don't know. Like I, I suppose I like to talk to so many people. Mm-hmm. And like my coach said, oh, this is why you learn it because you want to chat to everyone. And then it <laughs> opens up the world, you know. Like well, that makes total sense. You need yeah. to communicate. So you need to communicate in the language, and that probably applies to your um, algorithms and your your codes as well. Oh, absolutely. I'm the same as pro- program languages. I enjoy programming like it's what program languages for all our programming <laughs> listeners well i i started like everyone like like many people i started with r like you sent me r the other day and i was able to get it to work just saying high five. <laughs> very good very good yeah so r is great for some some uh like i won't be discussing here advantages and disadvantages they're just completing each other you know helping mm-hmm. different things so r i did r quite a bit and then i switched to python four years ago so this is like a general purpose language I do. 
And then on the side, I do also markup languages. So I write all the uh, documents in uh, like a markup and uh, a bit of shell scripting. So if you want to like uh, to do some tasks like automatically, for example, um, you know, it's that's more or less it. <laughs> So oh, just four. You mean just that's all? <laughs> I mean, I'm disappointed, Olga. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's wow. Like, uh, I don't even know. Do you sleep at all? Or <laughs> yeah, well, um, uh, no, I, no. I, I mean, I, I do sleep like I'm, I'm normal. I'm, I'm also getting sometimes, you know. <laughs> I'm just wondering where I clarify I am normal. I'm just wondering where you find the time. But I think like like, you're amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Like last night I had a meeting until seven PM Uh work meeting. Like we were talking about packages and uh, who does what and uh, I need to do some uh, modeling. And then it's finished. I had my dinner and I said, you know what? I'm so excited to learn that, uh, like, what I'm doing at the moment, I started to run a lot because I can't do my sports. Mm. And I started tracking data. I decided I need to do some uh, cool modeling on it. So and You're I tracking think, your own running data. Yes. And I want to model it now. Uh <laughs> So, but, I, but I, 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 I was struggling to get data out of the application, you know, because they're kind of nasty. So I spent last night until I think 12 p.m. Uh, doing some programming. And, uh, I, and I, I was quite dis- delighted I got up to some uh, level. But then when I went to bed, bed at 12 o'clock, I couldn't sleep. My brain was like... I, I was just about yeah. to say, I used to do that and I'd be like, work, work, work. And then I'd be wide awake. Uh, and this morning I woke up broken but satisfied, you know. <laughs> Broken but satisfied. There's your title, Leah. <laughs> yeah, broken but satisfied. Okay. Um, wow. wow. I mean, wow. I like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say because there's so so much to so much there. But and how are you finding COVID, Olga? Um, well, like work-wise, um, I don't mind uh, because I'm not really. I, all I need is just my computer, really. And mm-hmm. there are positive sides of it that I can do so many like meetings. You can now. do a lot of work when you're traveling. Yeah. So work-wise, uh, I don't think it affects me that much, but uh, sport is absolutely, that's a such, like, as I said, it's it's like we are, like, people don't understand, but people who train, like, jiu-jitsu, we are addicted, so we are mm. grieving, you know? It's so hard. Like, I never had a break more than two weeks in 15 years' time, wow. uh, like, mm. holiday, was it? And now three months, no jiu-jitsu. I'm like, I'm so, like, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. But what I decided to do, you know what, uh, like, take... Uh, the best out of the situation you know so i started doing more more like stretching yoga because i had a few ongoing kind of tightnesses injuries and i decided you know what i use this time to recover mm-hmm. and um, and then uh like back then in march when they told us we can't go back to work anymore and uh, sports as well i decided you know what i need a new challenge so i i hate running i really don't i really don't like it i only mm-hmm. run when i uh, when i'm somewhere on a conference and I can't do jujitsu and I want to exercise and I go like it's maybe once a year or something really like <laughs> times a year around. so I decided you know what I'll start running uh, more and I picked a program because I kind of like I think I like structure like with things mm. so I kind of needed some kind of indication how often how far or something like that you know just to motivate myself to go so I picked the program, half marathon program. It was I don't know why. I mean, if we're going to start running, we're not doing the couch to five k. Yeah, I was just going to say, just skip the couch to five k and go straight to the half marathon. No, no, I. I mean, are we surprised, Leah? No, not really. Oh wow! 
Yeah, so so I, I picked the program just because, uh, first of all, because I didn't like it. And second, because I kind of wanted some challenge and I was grieving so much about my sports that I decided, you know what, I need to fill, need to fill in that space with something, you know. And uh, yeah, and I could always, I could run like 10K uh, if I did my best with no kind of preparation, but more mm -hmm. than that, not where, and I was super slow. I'm, I'm very slow, like, because I, I hate it. Anyways. How far can you run on your best, Leah? I mean... Two steps. <laughs> oh, you can do more than your body. Yeah. You will be surprised. Like mm. I feel like if you were by my side, if I'll I go, were I being chased by that. zombies, like I might feel a bit faster. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so uh, I started then. Like it was what's it? Two months ago? More than two months ago. And I was running, running, running. Last Monday or this Monday. I, I first time I ran something I never did in my life. It was 16k, and I was like, oh my god, I ran 16k. I don't think I've ever in my life. <laughs> yeah, so, so, but then in, in two, in three weeks, I am supposed to be ready for half marathon. And then I was like, what do I do now? Like, I was hoping <laughs> that uh, COVID will finish and I can just stop running. And now I'm supposed to be ready. So my, my boss, she's, uh, she's running as well. She said, oh, Olga, why don't you run for yourself? I was like, what do you mean for myself? Half marathon for myself? And she said it to me. I was like, oh my God, I might maybe start such a crazy idea. So I I, uh, I find this kind of very challenging. Like for two days, my hips were killing me. I couldn't walk. Like I only did yoga because uh, it was not too bad. Running itself, I was surprised that it went. Uh, like I was just running like less than two hours, like one hour, 45 minutes or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I would never do it in my life. Never, ever. And I can't wait to stop doing it. But for the time <laughs> being, I suppose this challenges me and uh, kind of gives me... I don't know. I just, it's not just being, keeping fit. It's just, uh, I, my, my brain relaxes when I mm -hmm. exercise. So, so uh, I, I, feel I love you, you dislike it, but also you like it. <laughs> like, I, I love hate I, relationship. It's, but it's almost like finding like the, the balance. I think that's what I kind of really get from you in this episode is how balanced you are, that you can see both sides. You see the yeah. benefits, the pros and the cons, um, and ultimately, the good in why you should do it. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just really important. I think a, a lot of people can take a lot from that. You can do, you can apply that to any aspect. It could be sitting down to do a core. Yep. Oh, yep. it's going to be shit boring and I'm going to feckin' hate it. But if I do the course, yep. uh, my brain motivated and I'll probably get a certifi certificate at the end. And now I'm, you know, qualified in that area. Running, it's a means to an end for you because you can't train in the sport you love but it's improving your endurance and it's it's keeping your brain and your body active as a new challenge. And Absolutely. I just think that's really important because I do find, especially in this lockdown, we've been talking about it a lot, that uh, I'm not going to bother. Just don't feel like it. Mm. But also there is benefit in doing the things you don't want to do because it creates that discipline, I think. Is Absolutely. It challenges you and you can prove to yourself, yes, I can do it like especially with running, they say you will be surprised uh, how you can train your body or your mind or anything. You can train yourself to do any any task you might dislike, mm -hmm. but you find your way of doing it. You know? mm. and, 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 and the other thing is uh, you will be surprised that the more you do, the more you can do, if it makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if you sit at home like doing nothing, it's like, oh, I'm so lazy, I can't even get up and do something. But then if you do like one task and you know, oh, after I finish that, I can do something nice or something different and then you kind of try you can 
squeeze in more things in your day, yeah. um, things you like, you know, it's or kind of like a listing. I kind of put the ones that I know I'm going to do, and then I get it gets the ball rolling in my list of tasks to do. So if I know I have got big things to do on that day, but I really don't want to do them, I'll stick down things like oh, email Olga or yeah. message Leah about podcasts. And at least once I've started moving. I'm like, okay, I'll do the rest of the system. And it's a bit of a, a snowball effect, as they say. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it also makes me feel like I've achieved something you yeah. know, by sending an email and a text message. Taking you know? it off that Absolutely. list. Sometimes I cheat and I add things that I've already done. <laughs> I feel uh, it's like, oh, I forgot this. And then you add it and then oh, you take it off. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh I, think, I think a lot of people do that. Don't worry. So I'll get... We're kind of coming to the end now of the podcast or of this episode. And Aww, like you've... You've told us so much, like your undergrad, your master's, your PhD, your journey or your journey that you've had with jujitsu and judo, your all the languages that you've learned, how you've started to run, even though you <laughs> you're not a huge fan of it. So I guess to kind of start finishing off, like uh, I don't know what the answer will be, but what's next for for Olga? Oh, I have so many things to do. Like I have like twenty courses pending uh, on me to finish them. <laughs> All kind of random stuff, statistics and more, like, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, no, but it's uh, on the job inside. It's kind of a difficult question. I suppose keep on doing what I'm doing, you know, in terms of, uh, like, professionally, mm-hmm. because I think I, it's kind of, I, I enjoy it. And I think it's most important with any job you do, that you do something you get uh, satisfaction from, you know. Mm-hmm. It might be for anybody, uh, like, you know, for me personally, it is development, learning, uh, you know, um, applying new techniques and new methods, uh, you know, level up like my skills. And I always look for like some professional development. And on the sports side, um, I think I'll uh, keep on uh, competing as long as I enjoy it. And mm-hmm. so far uh, it goes, well, why not? Also with uh, teaching, I think it's, I think it goes uh, right direction. And my, 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 like what I see makes me happy because I see a bunch of people who uh, maybe until now had no sports in their life or no sports they really liked to stay with. And now they're all friends, uh, you know, it's a, such a, like such a, you can see impact on their lives. Like, so it makes me, I don't even mind like how good they will be at jiu-jitsu, but what I mind is they will become a better person, you know, better version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, because sport will give you discipline, respect, you know, you, you get more, it does change your way of, uh, you know, seeing things, you know, like give you more confidence if you like. like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, I think this, uh, like, this is what I do myself, and I, I think I, I what I, I like to, uh, you know, pass it on to other people to motivate them and to see if they can, uh, you know, take something useful out of it for themselves and see because everyone is different. But yeah, so I, I think I, I, this is basically kind of main. Uh, there is no kind of recipe for you know being happy or something. But uh, if you kind of make do things you like and uh, do it with people you like, I think it's probably most important. Mm-hmm. I agree. Love that. I agree. So to finish off the podcast, we kind of like to do a few kind of fun quick fire questions. So the first one on the list is three people dead or alive that you would like to have over for dinner. Well, I don't know how fun it is. I probably would invite my family because we don't see each other very often. Okay. <laughs> Aww, so lovely. Yeah, because we don't see each other very often. Well, we see each other online every day, but mm-hmm. not not uh, mm. in life so that probably would be it. all of your family you can have more like, than three. My, my, you can my have more she never she my, my parents they were never been to ireland like oh really I, oh no. wow because i'm not like for me i'm maybe like i 
prefer to travel myself because I don't want to put that burden on them, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, maybe that, but yeah. So I would like to get them put yeah. in, in my in my house. They have to come yeah. over and see Ireland at some point. They should. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's Give amazing. them a little holiday. <laughs> yes. Okay, your family. So that's perfect. The next question is, what is your favorite quote or mantra that you like to live by? I think we talked a lot about it. I would say, you know, challenge yourself, keep learning. Like for me, it would be the main uh, driving force, whatever I do, uh, that I'm getting something new out of it and I can like, like develop Mm -hmm. develop kind of your intellectual abilities okay so the next question is knowing what you know now what would you say to yourself 10 years ago that i made good choices (laughs) (laughs) no no No, 10 years ago (laughs) no no regrets and also i think uh like uh, i wouldn't want to be uh, 10 years uh, back because i wouldn't be speaking another five languages which i put a lot of effort in so i can't be bothered just go if you know, ahead and uh, keep on doing what you're doing uh-huh. and uh, don't regret it. Because life is to, you know, like we need to do things we, we don't get regrets about, you know. So just do whatever you can do because it can be finished anytime. So we need to realize it. Like it's precious, you know. True. Okay, so one last thought before we sign off. What would you say to someone that is teetering on the edge of a big decision or what life advice would you give someone? Just do it. Sometimes uh, this decision can change your life. You know, don't regret, just do it because if you don't do it, then you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Nike, don't come at us with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. I feel so invigorated. I feel like I, I want to. I enjoy it so much. Sometimes it's, amazing. Sometimes it's, it, it's just as simple as that. It's just, just do it's it. Very good. Just You're take so that good. step. Yeah. <laughs> Olga Lushevska, thank you so much for. <laughs> they're clapping because i pronounced your last name correctly Um, thanks so much for coming on to our podcast it's been a pleasure listening to you explain your journey and your career with your degrees and your jujitsu and your judo and just your learning of languages everything that you've been through like what Uh, what a journey it's been so far i wish i had as much under my belt as you do but it's just been fantastic to listen to you and thank you so much for coming on to Next Gen Fem. Thank you so much for inviting. It was, it was such a pleasure to be with you girls and I do uh, believe that everyone is very special in in uh, his or her unique way. So mm-hmm. I think you, you are too very special in your ways, you know. Things you thank do, you. I can't do. So <laughs> be proud of yourself, you know. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and, so and, and come to my jiu-jitsu classes because yeah, it's, no, it's on my list. Co- a cork Please. to Galway is a tiny bit of a commute. Uh, what, what, are, you, are you in Cork, Leah? I I'm have in a cork. friend in Cork. Do I you? have a friend in Cork. I can send you to his uh, place, and you can. Okay, him. you let me know because I was actually doing some like body combat punching exercises oh, oh, yesterday, good. so I was like, I feel like hitting very someone. Uh, I miss I miss rugby sometimes for the yeah, aggressiveness of it. I don't know what that says about me, but okay. So before we sign off, where can people find you? If you want to plug some of your socials, plug the classes that you do, plug whatever you want to plug. Yeah. So like on social media, you can just type my first and last name uh, on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can find me there. And uh, for uh, well, LinkedIn as well, uh, GitHub as well, if, you, if you're in the coding. For Jiu-Jitsu, you can, um, there is a, a group in uh, Galway. It's mm-hmm. called Point Blank Gym. And uh, it's um, like, or you can ask me directly or you can go on the website and it will uh, show all days. Like obviously we're not back yet, but we are hoping soon. Okay. Perfect. Okay. 
Great. Thank you so much, Olga. I guess that leaves us for this this week's episode or this current episode of Next Gen Femme. Hope everyone enjoyed it and we will catch you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>